Is it possible to get a cup of tea or not? A six-year-old woman. What's the crack? I'm studying masters at. In what? <laughs> what are you laughing at? You got me out, mate. What, 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 what are you studying a masters in? International sports journalism. <laughs> What are you, uh, why are you studying international sports journalism? <laughs> what, so it could be a fucking... But, but you surely you don't need to, you're Monty Panasar, you just walk in to wherever the fuck you want to go. Yeah, but I think you can walk in, but then there's a difference in it, like, you know, you can walk in being raw, you can walk in being, being polished, right? So you so, want to be polished? You know, a bit more polished, I've got my podcast coming out this week, I was on Monty Meets, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if I can get on there, mate. Yeah, don't give us cricket chat, let us have your personality. No, no, we'll do that, and then we'll, we'll, we'll I, I, look, I'm not, you know, as experienced as you, so. Are we starting? Do I have to wear it? No. Where, what do I? But speaking to the mic, though. I speak to the mic, yeah, like that. Yeah. Right. But make sure it doesn't fall, it's going to fall. Yeah, you've weighted it incorrectly there. You gotta get a bend. There you go. Just make sure you're talking into it. Okay, you can hear the sound, right? How does he sound before we start? Good. Episode one twenty, and we're making history with the first two-time guest in show history, Monty Derek Panasar. How are you, buddy? Sand of despair, the smell of dread in the air. I'm head to toe in my own fear. I'm going to die and I need to cry. Ah. I'm really good. I'm actually excited, uh, you know, to be on your show again. So thank you for giving me a second chance. You've had a good attitude since you've come. You arrived. Was it fifty minutes late? I arrived 50 minutes late. Um, Demanded I, tea upon arrival. And I talked about yourself for half an hour and decided to fart in my face when we were waiting outside the studio door. <laughs> Monty, are you deliberately disrespecting me or are you just taking the piss? Which is it? <laughs> well, if, if I want to add a bit more sort of, um, you know, salt to the wounds, I haven't actually listened to an episode since my recording. Yeah. And you're episode 120 now, so... Um, that's I'm doing you a disservice. So now, why do you think you haven't listened? Just lack of care for other people. Um, you know, probably lack of care towards you. Yes. In particular. Yes. Yes. You know, if someone so came up to me and said, um, you know, who are the top five people you do don't like? You'll be definitely in there. Why? It's you. You the person. You know. What? 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 Don't you like about me? The style. I do like your jacket. I've got to give to you. You've since last time. You got a bit of swag about you. Have you noticed the weight loss? Weight loss, a bit of swag. Last time I met you, I was 104 kg. I'm looking at 90 now. Wow, I'm I'm sitting at 95. So are you? Yeah, that's an absolute disgrace what, for a former cricketer. Do, do I look do I look bigger than last? No, time? but people of um, Indian descent, yeah. you carry weight better. You don't think I look fat? The tan skin makes you look less fat than I'd look. If oh, I was your oh, weight, I would look fucking disgraceful. Yeah. And also, you have the constant beard with a narrow face, which yeah. hides facial weight. Yeah, 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 that's true. But you're not an aesthetic guy. You don't give a shit about your looks, do you? Um, well, I try to. Do you? Yeah. And then, would, you, would you have a skin routine? Um, I think I need to get back on my skin routine, which I haven't done for a long time. So, yeah, I need to go to the face, get my facials done, put my sun cream on and all that. Because I'm in the sun for so long. 
Um, you know, part of that is protecting. And, and the other thing is... Why when, are you in the sun for so long? Because we're playing cricket. You don't play anymore? No, I play on a Saturday. Do you? Yeah, I play at Twickenham Cricket Club. And are you above the standard? Are you bowling people out for the crack? Um, well, I think it is a good standard. I've got to bowl well, and yeah, yeah, we won. We won last week off the last ball. Needed they needed we needed five runs off the one ball, and we and we got six. Are you signing autographs when you show up? Uh, sometimes I sign autographs. Like the first home game, there wasn't many people there, and um, you know, and then obviously everyone knew about. Oh yeah, Monty Patterson's in in town. He's going to play for Twickenham. Last week at home match, it was like like hundreds of people. So there. this is Sunday league cricket essentially. Saturday league, but it's a piss take. No, it's like Premier Division. Like it's like proper, like you know, top flight. Uh, so you're playing well. against Gloucestershire and shit like that. No, no, probably club level, at Middlesex club level. So in football terms, you're playing in the conference. Probably, yeah. Do you find it easy? Sometimes, some sometimes I find it. Some the fielding's hard, man. I, Fifty overs, I get back. I was like, oh, I can't even get up again. But you can't field. Well, you know. I saw a clip on YouTube yeah. when a New Zealander he blocks the ball. Yeah. And you decide to not catch it. No, I, I I I tried to catch it, but I couldn't catch it. That's that's the. You didn't dive though. <laughs> yeah, all you but... have to do was dive. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I don't know how to dive. What are the mechanics of diving? I don't know. How did you manage to become a legend of English cricket? Like I'd say, at one point, were you ever talked about for like a knighthood or an OBE or some shit like that? Yeah, there's people have mentioned about an OBE, MBE, um, and you know. Um, at some point, you know, hopefully that yeah, that, that should happen. But how if you couldn't bat or you couldn't field and you spin bowled, which is risky, did you get so far in the game? You must have been a stupidly gifted spinner. <laughs> Clearly you're not the type of guy who can snap in and pretend to be professional. Focus is something you struggle with. Taking things seriously. So are you on the field playing for England, having crazy shit going around in your head as if you're playing for Twickenham? You weren't actually going right and playing in the ashes here, I better focus. Your head's still going wild, even though you're playing top level. Good question. Very good question. Very good question. I had this, uh, I think my, even my sports psychologist, my coaches said to me, they go, Monty, you got this such, you got this great ability to take the importance out of the equation. He goes, you were probably one of the best at it. He goes, you would not care less what's happening around you. You could have the biggest media, you could have hundreds of thousands of people around you. For you, 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 would, you would take the heat out of the equation. And he goes, that, he goes, that's the thing that we try and teach young England cricketers coming up the ranks. Yeah. Yeah, they literally, they say, look, he was, he was one of the best. That's why, with only covering one of the three, you bat your field, you bowl. You only had one of three. They yeah. demand at least two normally. Yeah. But you had a fourth, and that was, you didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Pretty much, which I was very good at. And that's the thing that where I think people, like when I go and watch Test Cricket now, I feel at home. I feel like... You know when I when I go home to my you know and I sit down I think yeah I'm I'm at home now, that's the same thing I feel about Test cricket. I sit down I watch Test cricket and I think this is actually where I belong. This is this wasn't my destination. This was actually what I'm supposed to do. And there's a lot of uh, when players that I go around or I speak to, they're like they feel like, oh my god, I finally brought my Ferrari. I was destined to drive the Ferrari. I wasn't destined to buy the Ferrari, right? And that was the mindset because I, the harder the equation, the more I would like take the importance out of the out of the whole scenario. For me, I, you know, I would, I would, I would just, you know, I just, I don't know how, where I had this ability, but I had it. The best players, I'll, I'll get the best out of myself, but I'll be the, at, at my most calmest as well. So if you know you're bowling, did you ever bowl to Ricky Ponting, that's it? Yeah, bowl to Ricky Ponting. You're bowling to him the next day, let's say it's an Ashes, you're in the hotel room. What are you doing at night? 
getting I'm, a naan bread up there and just relaxing. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll have my food. I'll watch probably a funny movie, um, and then I'll just go to sleep. Like I, I wouldn't, I would not be thinking about the game at my best. I would not even think about the game of cricket. For me, it was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to work tomorrow. You know, and that's it. It's not like playing for England was just like going to the office. I'm going to the office, get my whites on and then just get to work. Like, that's how I... And you reckon that's because you didn't come from a background in which you were groomed to play for England and the import... Ian Botham wasn't framed on your bedroom wall. So you didn't idolise it before you began to do it. I think for me it was more to do with... um, I think it's more to do with my background and my, my thinking, my upbringing. Like, I remember when I was youngster... Um, you know, like maybe my faith and people around me, they'll say like, when you, you know, when you achieve a goal, celebrate it to the max because then that's your way to kind of rest and stop as you're climbing, let's say the mountain. So we get to the first hundred meters, we're like, guys, let's rest. We got to the hundred meters, let's celebrate this moment. Then we get to 200, celebrate that moment. And then eventually we get to the top of our destination. But each small incremental gains, celebrate that moment and that that was my celebration i used to i used to take a wicket and that was it i will celebrate that was my inc- incremental celebration i'll be like right, that's my success you know in cricket then the next wicket then the next wicket but then the ability of calm down let's start again you know it's like revving the ferrari up 0 to 60 um down the m1 what's this ferrari talk did you have a ferrari at one point or one no i don't have a ferrari talk i think when you do the car analogy um, it's a metaphor where But in terms of materialism Did you ever get materialistic? No I never did really, Were you making really good, good money Playing cricket? Yeah like I was just told To save it and What did they pay you Playing cricket? It. Well I, I don't know The rough figures I well, like, Let's just say For a footballer Premier League You're thinking If you're up to much At this stage You're at least making 80 grand a week What are cricketers making? A mil a year? Oh gosh Now the contracts Are about a mil a year if, So if you go IPL You play test cricket For England all year And then you take a few months In IPL Could you be walking around At 1.52 million Just I think a million Is a is a probably A, a realistic figure Would Dave Warner Be making 2 million quid a year He'll be making 2 to 3 Or even up to 4 yeah. Million British pounds a year Probably 2 Let's say Let's go 2 with him Yeah And two. what would you have been looking at 4 or 500 grand At your peak Oh I don't even know I don't even know how If it was that If it was You know That far um, uh, but but we didn't have our our contracts weren't as big, you know. Our contracts were you know central contract. We got like a contract and we got paid per test match as well. When Monty Mania happened, which I found to be borderline patronising, like I think it was brilliant. And you wear the first seek and they were celebrating yeah. the fact that there was an inclusive environment. But they were also kind of laughing at you, the Barmy Army. They were. Let's be honest here. Monty can't field. Monty can't bat. Monty can take wickets. I probably felt it when. You know, we're playing against Australia, the 200 for one, top edge, going down my throat. It's an important time to take a wicket. I drop it. And then, you know, yeah, then you kind of think, yeah, maybe I'm a bit of a laughing joke here. Like, I don't know, do I really belong at test level? Then but do you think the joke was at all intrinsically linked to the fact that you, you weren't just a typical white dude? You were a Sikh and you had headgear on. Did you think that people accidentally were pretending to be loving towards that, but were kind of laughing at something that was abnormal? No, I according think that, to them. No, because because the thing is, when I bowled really well, they didn't laugh at me, did they? They 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 they, they applaud my ability. So, if I was a great fielder and a great batsman, doesn't matter what I look like. Doesn't matter, you know. It doesn't matter if I if I didn't go for a shower for the two weeks and I turned up a test match being an absolute stink bomb. What do you mean if, shower? Like, let's say if I didn't shower for the whole would, week, would that be a thing? No, no. I'm just saying. Yeah. As an example of like walking around fans and then signing autographs and they're like, oh my god, he he absolutely stinks. He hasn't had a shower for a week, but. He can hit some sixes. He can bowl magic balls. Yeah. Bob Geldof or no Bob Geldof. Yeah, yeah pe- people are not going to care. 
right? It's the ability there to celebrate. And my ability in the field was a bit like, a bit of a joker, really, isn't it? It's like, ball go through my legs. I tell you, there's a joke a joke moment as we reflect through it. I was at Lord's, running after a ball. I slid it, stopped it for four. Then my foot went over the line. And then I pulled it back in the line and I threw it back. And it was like, oh, that's four, by the way. Mm. And that was the joke. That, that that That's even I laugh at it. I think, what a what what a joke that is that is that's why people were laughing at me because i did such like you know jo- like jokey funny moments that i don't think anyone else did i think there's an interesting dynamic in the fact that your religion teaches you to be a fighter teaches you to be brave and teaches you to calm the fucking heart rate in times of battle and that's what you did as a bowler big games you showed up you weren't as nervous as a typical white english dude capitalist fucking semi christian would be but then I also think there's a there's a there's a flip side of the coin, and I think that back in fucking the noughties, before the world properly started letting us know that listen, color can no longer be on the table. It doesn't matter. I think there was an element of humor linked to the fact that you were Monty, and you were the spinning Sikh, and it was funny, and people would do impressions of you. And I think if you were white, it wouldn't have been as funny to the to the crowd members. And I think that's a subliminal racism that existed in society. Well, I think the jest and the humour and the cool character of Monty was linked to the fact that so arrogantly and so kind of naturally due to a disgusting environment in which we all existed in, it was funnier because you were Monty the Seek. Well, have you, have you, have you come across a, a white fielder who slid the ball and then, and then put their foot over the line? Probably. If we, if we no, s- <laughs> there isn't. This is, this is what I'm trying to say to you. You were that I, bad at fielding. I, I was that bad at fielding that I, I don't, I, I had such, I had comical moments with, with my fielding. Why play it though? They go get him off the team. He's annoying me. He's costing us serious runs. This is my whole point that if my fingers finish, if, 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 if the fans and the people were laughing at me and thought, Monty is the joker, let's say, you know, British Asian in the team, right? We can just laugh at him. Then they wouldn't applaud me when I would take big wickets, you know? when, that, when I, They needed those wickets, though, and it's kind of a symbol of society, isn't it? England has always needed the labour of British Asians. It's always needed for the circular flow of income, the hardest working motherfuckers ever to step foot in here. And they'll take the work, and they'll take the effect it has on the economy. But... When push comes to shove and shit gets serious and you're celebrating the Queen's fucking coronation or any of this shit, get the fuck out of here. You're not really here. We will use you for your good parts and we will fucking laugh at your bad parts. Yeah, but, but you know, I don't have any connection with, like, Christianity. Or I don't have any connection. Let's I'm not say, saying you do. I'm talking no, about just with, the fans. With, yeah, with, with the Queen or, like, you know, the history of, you know, English society because I'm a Sikh. So my history is more related to Sikhism. So I, I wouldn't, like, I only know the national anthem. But the everyday I'm, man is so ignorant, he doesn't even break it down to that extent. They would nearly, and this is just a, an observation, and why not criticise the fucking automatic racism of, of society? They'd nearly just go Monty Panasar Muslim. They wouldn't, they don't break it down. They're not religiously well-read. People are ignorant, man. So, so what about with Ireland, the Bloody Sunday that happened in 1920, right? Yeah. Um... What was that all about with England and Ireland? What do you mean, though? Well, the English never, they've never embraced the Irish culture, have they? They always segregated that. Um, I'm talking about Bloody Sunday here. Yeah, well, what, what's your question about my, Bloody my, Sunday? My question is, why did Bloody Sunday happen? In, in 1920, why did innocent Irish footballers of the Irish team got shot at? Ireland was attempting to rebel against English control. Why? Why, why Irish? Why? Because Ireland... I, I, because Ireland felt that they were being oppressed unfairly, economically, socially, by by the British Empire, and they'd had enough. 
and they wanted to own their own state. They wanted to own their own country. The 1916 rising occurred in the GPO, led by some people who are now viewed in Irish culture as icons. At the time when it happened, weren't overly revered. It was kind of a bohemian movement that was frowned upon. But then when they saw the treatment of the Irish people in terms of executions at the hands of the British Empire, it, it shifted public opinion. And Ireland didn't want to be involved anymore. And although... So, but you, you're white. Your skin colour's white, like yeah, the English. That's what made it easier in terms of Irish people fitting in in an English society and being able to swap and them coming over, or us going over there. We all know it. that's a physicality. That is something that is that your vision, one of your senses sees skin colour. I, I disagree because if the if the English um, society wanted to embrace Irish culture, there would be Gaelic, Gaelic football would would be. In they England. never wanted to embrace they, they Irish culture. They never wanted that because it's 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 not about the skin colour. It's about tradition as well. We're across the road. We wanted them to get the fuck out. No, but why did you? Why did you want that? Why Unf- did you unfair not want- treatment? Yeah, because you're getting treated unfairly. Yeah, because you wanted your own independence. Yeah, right. You didn't want. It, it, it all started from sport. It all started from football. Right, Ireland, you know, had to wanted their own football team. They didn't. Ireland was before Ireland was part of England when it was a whole, you know, football team. They wanted their own separate football team, and they got that. When they got that's the, not what started. That's how it started because they wanted their own. Uh, um, Ireland wanted their own, and when they got that, that's when the English rebelled. No, it goes back. Own. It goes back years. It goes back. Mm. It goes back hundreds of years, and then there was obviously huge turning points in and around the time of the famine, when Ireland felt that when we were starving and when our ribs were showing. Our neighbours who claimed to in some way look after us and that was the only way in which they could justify calling the shots turned a blind fucking eye and let people on the west coast of Kerry and the west coast of Cork starve to fucking death in an age where it was not necessary and the transportation resources were there to, to make sure this didn't happen and England turned a fucking blind eye. Right, okay, so if, if if that's the case, but now it's a lot different now. Now you get footballers from Ireland who represented their uh, their country at the under-21 age go and play for England national team. Do you think that's correct? What? Well, we got some under, uh, like, uh, uh, what's the Aston Villa? Uh, uh, yeah, Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish. And there's Declan Rice as well, but what's your go. question? My question is, he they played for the Rep- uh, Republic of Ireland under-21s. Yeah. Right? And then, because they're talented footballers... England think, all oh, right, we're gonna we're gonna get the most talented Irish footballers. Yeah, but they're not they, Irish. No, but the heritage. They're English. Yes, they probably came up as young footballers. They weren't Wayne Rooney. They weren't Stephen Gerrard. They weren't one hundred percent sure they were going to the top. And by the way, both of them, I think, are still slightly overvalued and overrated on a, on a no, global no, no, level. Yeah, but, but my my question, point is this. Yeah, my, my, they, my, they, they probably love their grandfathers. They, they love their great grandfathers. And they'll say, I'll represent my heritage, I'll play for Ireland. Like you do when you're a kid. You think your dad's your hero, you think your granddad's your hero. And they probably thought, because that's how good I am. Then they realise, I'm getting a bit better with age. Puberty treated me well. My touch is improving. My positional sense is improving. I might be able to play for fucking England here. No, but why are they playing for England? Because they'll earn more money. And they're English. No, they are English. But but what I'm trying to say is that they're English, but they played for Ireland under-21s. Now, um, my question is, any footballer who's played for their country at age group level, do you think it's ethical for them to then switch alliance to England and then take the best talent, the best, the cream of the crop at under 21s at Ireland, get switched to England? I think it's a shift in self-belief. But then yesterday when we watched them, you know, Hungary against Republic of Ireland, I'm thinking Republic of Ireland are not even in the Euros this year, Mm. right? 
And you've got Paddy Power saying, oh, every goal that England score, um, we're going to donate 10,000 euros. And you were sponsored to, by that to, tweet, uh, weren't you? No, no, no. You shared it. I shared it, but I wasn't sponsored. Were you not paid it. to do that? I wasn't paid to do that. What the fuck were you doing it for? I'm there to embrace and give this wider opinion. It looked like an ad. It may look like an ad to you. The tweet literally is... But the question I'm asking you is when there's an Irishman who plays for Ireland football, right, at age group level, and they're brilliant at it, then you look at the national team not even calling for the, for the Euros. And one of the reasons I believe is because the best players go and play for England and therefore yeah. the national team Monday, these guys right they're kids they're struggling through their academies on, on an international level in England because there's so much competition and Ireland start going these guys have Irish roots and they're particularly good especially on an Irish level I'm going to ring them I'm going to text them I'm going to tell their parents I can do this for them I'm going to massage their fucking ego something the English FA would not be willing to do because they have so much quality around the board these guys believe it they go to Ireland they start playing for them when they're young and then eventually they realise they're actually too good for it and by the way they're fucking English anyway and England take them back and go on you go play for the team Ireland like to victimise themselves we like to victimise ourselves so you're trying to Jack say Grealish and Declan Rice should have never played not that they should never have played but I understand why they played for Ireland at youth levels because we would have went out of our way to to kind of say shit these guys are talented let's give them what they want when England kind of would have just gone work for it climb the level yourself you're kind of irrelevant yeah, you so might why don't make Ireland it one day. do that why don't Ireland have that system where they have what a long term pitch and where they think right any player that plays that age group football let's say under 21s for Ireland right they have to commit to play for the national team they cannot you know cuz it's it's FIFA it's it's FIFA it's 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 world rules Martin Johnson played underage rugby for New Zealand England captain, won the World Cup in 03. My point is, and this is where I think within our Irish football, they should change the rules and they should actually even question these and say, right, any player that is playing age group for Ireland, they have to commit, they can only can only can commit and play for the national team because then if there's a... Look at, look at England now. They had a great under-21 age group. They won the, the, you know, the World Cups in most age groups and now they're such a strong team now. It's it's the grassroots levels. That's so what what are you strong. claiming? If you play under twenty one or under eighteen, you should have to stay put. Yeah, this it, is one of the reasons why Republic of Ireland is actually not in Euros this year. Yeah. We are ran by an extremely corrupt association. I don't know if you're aware who John Delaney is. Do you know who John Delaney is? So John Delaney was a guy who was the head of the FAI, which would be the equivalent of. Um, when I say you would do a better job, and I mean this is factual, this isn't a gag, this is an exaggeration for the use to hammer home a point. If Monty Panasar became the chief executive of the FA, you would do a better job than John Delaney. There's bogey envelopes. The guy probably rides brazzers. And I'm saying probably, according to my observation, if I was asked, has he ever fucking had sex with a prostitute? I'm saying yes. He has absolutely no idea what he's talking about about football. He is so deluded by the concept of fame and notoriety that at one point, and this isn't a lie, Bernsey, John Delaney threw his tie into the crowd as if it was a, a sporting piece of memorabilia. That's how deluded this guy was with the, with the notion of running the Football Association of Ireland. He is a fucking disgrace and he's gone. Now we had a decade of that. 
We're the, well, of course we're the Republic of Ireland. We are a we're an okay football footballing nation. We're next door to England. We've the opportunity to send any young talent to English clubs more so than fucking Poland do. We're Ireland. We're a gateway to England. We have good facilities. We're economically sound. There's 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 minimal poverty to a non-sport playing extent in the nation. We've had Roy Keane, Dennis Irwin, Paul McGrath, Liam Brady, but. Once Delaney came in, we are now a walking joke. The Irish football team now essentially doesn't exist. It's basically like the period where Saddam ran Iraq. And what about Jack Charlton, his influence on Irish football? Charlton came in and he gripped the nation. Charlton came in because he was someone who we could relate to as football fans. He had personality. And as the Irish, there's only two rules. And, And a key one, a key one, is have a fucking personality. And anyone we've ever produced has a personality. Whether you like it or you don't like it, you look at Bono. You look at even someone like Conor McGregor. You look at our corrupt politicians. You look at Charlie Hawley. You go back and you look at Yates. You look at Oscar Wilde. The one thing we can offer you is our character and personality will have an impact on you, Roy Keane being another one. And that's what Jackie Charlton worked for. That's why I want now. What's why I want? Big Sam the fuck Allardyce. And if Big Sam Allardyce comes in, he goes for a pint in Donahue and Nesbitt's. He goes for a pint in O'Donoghue's. He goes on the late late. He has beers and he makes his heart to fucking beat. And he's Big Sam and his face is all over the papers. And the country will love him. He had a game at England and then got sacked because he got set up in a fucking stitch job whilst drinking an oversized pint. Get Sam the Ireland job. And he won't be saying you're not in the Euros. You'll see us at the next World Hunting Cup. So that's that's a great point. I think, you know, Sam Allardyce is great. But then if I want to go back to Jack Charlton... He he um here here's another example of the the different the, the 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 friction between Ireland and England right is that Jack Charlton obviously the England B team you know no no uh, Jack Charlton does you know is is making Republic of Ireland a strong team right very successful in the nineties you know during the World Cup put under pressure yeah then when he went back to Old Trafford he wasn't welcomed. He was he 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 wasn't welcome like actually you know like his brother was you know he was like known as a an outsider. But you know he's a Leeds legend. Yeah, yes. he's a Leeds legend. One of Manchester United's biggest rivals. Yeah, and and and. So why would he be welcome back at Old Trafford like his brother? Because he was a World Cup winner as, in 1966. But as United a, fans have told you, Monty, he, since you've been born, he was, he we was, all hate Leeds. Come. That's true, but he was a World Cup winner for his country, and here's an example of someone World Cup winner for England. Goes and um, you know manages Republic of Ireland, yeah. where England didn't like Going that. Going home, British soldiers, right? And they're like, "Well, you 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 may have won the World Cup, but you're not really one of us anymore." Are you refusing to acknowledge the fact that in Jack Charlton's tenure, there was a game in Lansdowne Road in which tensions pre Good Friday Agreement, sectarian tensions were extremely high, and the game had to be abandoned due to the fact that fans were in a in a huge, huge row over politics that's part of it that wouldn't occur now that's past no but overt racism did exist in the 1970s and the 80s yeah do you agree with that in terms of the Irish well in, in terms of football football doesn't matter if you're Irish or English oh no the, the they Irish... didn't experience as much racism as I say black footballers did no the Irish the Irish of course were discriminated against because they were Irish my point to, to the origins of this is that it wasn't as effective because you'd have to go deep into conversation or else be known about that you were, unfortunately and wrongly, different according to the fucking empire that is Great Britain. But sadly, although we are trying not to see colour, 
we're going to have to impair our fucking vision because human beings are simple idiots. And being a brown Sikh does make you more prone to racial discrimination than an Irish person because we look the same. You may look the same, but you sound Irish. Absolutely. Yeah. But on visuals, so, 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 if you're standing so, so, in a field. But I want to ask you the question. I may, have a, I, may, I may get separated because of the color of my skin. So why is there um, in professional football, 25% of professional footballs are from the BAME or the black community, right? Mm. But then in coaching management positions, yeah, disgrace. only 3.4% get them jobs. disgrace. And I've, right? I've said it from the origins of this show. It's because the white man, and this is, this is the truth, and it won't be expressed, refuses to accept the black man as a boss. And that sounds simplistic. But I don't think it is simplistic. Racism! Edgar Davids, one of the best midfielders of all time, will let you run around for me. I'll let you win me games. You want to try boss me? Barnet. Sol Campbell, one of the greatest centre-backs who ever played the game. An icon. Flawless. Had the audacity to go from Tottenham to Arsenal on a free transfer and make it fucking work. Win the double when his brother's in the stand fucking beside people holding up Judas signs calling him a cunt. Sol Campbell, you want to be a manager though? South End. The white man will let the black man be a symbol and let them have their Twitter power and let them run around and score goals, even let them get some marketing cash. But there's still a rule that if you want to succeed as a boss in a position of power, you can either fuck off or become white, like OJ Simpson became white. Like the way Michael Jordan has kind of, although being black, adopted white values. He's on the golf course, he has a cigar. White men are so manipulative. We pretend to be okay with allowing even women to have power. It's all an illusion. So we join this bullshit feminism. We will back you when it comes to abortion. We will vote yes for abortion. We shouldn't have a fucking vote. What have we got to do with you? But you can't have power or voice unless our controlled media or our government, still owned by men, gives you the illusion of rights. You want to be gay? When we say it's okay, we'll join you. Or else we'll pretend to give in to the illusion of being cancelled. But really, we refuse to relinquish power. Because, and that's because, why like, black be, players because, can't get managerial because, jobs. Yeah, because this is not even to do with, let's say, the colour of your skin. It's to do with every aspect of racial discrimination. Exactly. Um, how well prepared gender, do you think ageism, the exactly. sexism? How well prepared? They still want. They want a voice in everything. It's okay. Here's Ollie Robinson, right? Did some tweets. Yeah. Boris Johnson put a vo- put his voice in there. He didn't need to put his voice. But Ollie if, Robinson if tweeted just, when he was a child. Yeah, but then he tweeted when he was a child. Yeah, but when politicians get involved with sport, it's like you're asking Boris Johnson to say, "Okay, is there's a penalty uh, during the Euros, England versus Scotland next week?" Marcus Ratchet's taking it, but Gareth Southgate, Southgate goes, stop, stop, Boris, come over, take this penalty, mate. Can you see how he just doesn't fit right in that situation? What I'm talking about, talk about Ollie Robson for a second. A cricketer, don't know much about cricket, to be honest with you. Um, if it wasn't for spin bowlers who wore excessive amount of bangles like Moo Litter, and I'd fucking hate that game. I think it's elitist. I think it's shit as well. Boring. End. Kind of a sport that goes on for five days. Um, My point with Ollie Robinson is, I know fuck all about his career, but I know he put out some tweets in 2012, and I know it's 2021, and I'm pretty sure he's only 27 or 28. What's the fucking big deal? Delete them. 
He didn't mean them. He was a fucking child. We've all made mistakes. Why is he getting suspended nine years later for shitty put on cunting Twitter? Make Twitter responsible. So, so do you think a politician should have a voice on that? Uh, I'm not talking about the politician. I'm talking about Ollie Robinson himself. Why should he be bothered? No, no I'm asking you the question. We talked about, asking... We're talking about a white man having a voice. Do you think there, Boris Johnson... What did what... Boris Johnson say? He said the, the, the suspension was over the top. But he, again, he's, put, he's put having a voice. But he is, he's having... <laughs> unfortunately, the voted leader of the country. No, but my point is, should a politician get involved with sports issues? It's a political issue, though. The reason he's getting suspended is because the things he's commenting on are political. So, he, do you know what I mean? He, he didn't get suspended for tampering with the ball. He got suspended because on Twitter in 2012, he said some shit he didn't mean about his Muslim friend being a bummer. Which, at the end of the day, we have to read the content. Who is the Muslim friend? Get him on. Was it a gag? We all have gags. If I made mace with you and you started calling me an IRA fuck for the next five years, I'd know it was endearing. If, me, if me and you became proper friends and I started accusing you of, but what about when, of stereotypical when, racial behaviours, but we were but, tight and we were mates, it's banter. But the media sometimes use the Irish people as paddy, paddy fans. Mm. They call you guys the paddy fans. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? When you support England, they go, yeah, the paddy fans are here. What do you mean we support England? Well, when you support English teams, yeah, they go, yeah, yeah the depends who you support. Yeah, the Paddy depends who you support. If you support one of the Northern clubs, you're more all, likely all, to be all, welcomed. All the call the term plastic fans, you know. Mm. I think that's that's not right. That's it's not, not right, but it, it, it again, it depends who you support. It depends what mm. the links is. If you look at a lot of the support of like, so there's a huge Irish following uh, of Leeds. You've John Giles, a huge Irish following of Arsenal. You've Frank Staple and David O'Leary, Manchester United. You've Best from Northern Ireland, you've Sammy McElroy, you've Frank Stapleton again, you've Kevin Moore and Paul McGrath, you've Roy Keane, you've Dennis Irwin, you've Liverpool. These clubs are founded and built. The cities are built by the Irish, not only the football team. So I think in those clubs, it might be less likely. Maybe if we're at a Luton game and there's some uh, Paddy coming over, I can understand it. But that's just but inaccurate. But heavily Irish as well. Yeah, it's just inaccurate though, you see. It's not even racism, it's just inaccurate. It's wrong. It's not, it's not it's, true. It's wrong for the media to term pa- uh, I don't Irish think the media as- do that. No, they, they did do in the, in the, in the Euros, um, uh, I think, yeah, if we're support- 10 years ago. And we're supporting Ireland though. No, they were supporting England. They go, the Why Paddy- would the Irish be supporting England? That's in, in the Euro- You're talking about Euro 2012 here, nine years ago. Yeah. The Paddy fans was that that was a that was a term for the Irish fans themselves. Who? It wasn't about Irish fans supporting English clubs or supporting England. But my my point is, they should not even. Why can't they just call you Irish fans? Why do they call you Paddy fans? That's not right. Uh, I'd need to see the publication in which we were called Paddy yeah. fans, but also it's just a common name. The patron saint of the country is called Saint Patrick, and the name Paddy throughout the last so two called, centuries was okay. extremely common. It's not offensive. You can call I, me a Paddy potato munching IRA fuck, nah. and I wouldn't I care. I never call you that. Why? I, I think that's I offensive. don't care. How? That's it's not. Ra- I wasn't. That's racial discrimination Why? there. How? No, I should never call How, you How though? Well, I'm not. I'm not an IRA fuck. I've no links. In no. fact, I disagree with them. Um, would, I'm not Paddy. Would, I, um, my name's Mick. And I don't go. particularly like potatoes, but I don't give a shit. If you're going to generalise, it's a weak argument. It's just a sign I've been anti-intellectual from the person who's saying it. I don't understand why we have to get so offended. Who cares? We're giving these terms power by making them so important, Monty. This is what I'm saying. Well, is that someone calling me the P-word? Or, or are you calling, let's What's say... What's the P-word? Oh, I don't want to say it on, on, on your podcast, but we all know what it is. Um, oh, calling you, calling you one. Yeah, it makes no sense, and you should be above it. After all, you've Monty Mania existed. You've once taken over the nation. You're you're in a position of power in terms of being able to offer your voice on a on a global level. I really don't think if someone's calling you the p word on Twitter, I don't think it affects your day. 
<laughs> You're probably right about that. Do you know what I mean? It does yeah, it? Yeah, it does. If you that. wake up in the morning and someone goes, Monty Panasar, you p-word bastard. Yeah, look, I, I get. Do social, you give a shit? I get social media abuse, and in fact, I I just laugh at it, and then I just crack on with my day. Exactly. But that's my personality. I know some players who get really offended by social media abuse, and I'm like. But it, 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 ones about just gen- generalizations about their their heritage and and, and country, well, yeah, or, or maybe it, someone going, "You're a shit batsman." Maybe things to have a degree of truth. Going, "Your average isn't good enough." When are you going to spruce up your ideas? I can get why that affects them because they're kind of thinking, "Shit, am I good enough?" But if someone's coming online, some fucking guy sitting in his L one's gaff, who's twenty two stone in a Sheffield Wednesday jersey, and he's making an inaccurate country racial claim at you do these players give a shit really yeah but that's what it is some people do get affected by keyboard you know warriors hmm. i i you're right you can you probably know me well enough like look monty you know well it's just a water off, it, off a duck's back because that's what he's like but i know some people who do get affected by it you know look at marcus rashford you know he's constantly playing for man united and all that and then after the england game he's like he had a maths teacher <laughs> giving him some racial abuse like that's not right that's wrong There is people out there who would say that Marcus Rashford isn't as affected by the racial abuse as he lets on and that it's something that is nearly quite handy to use because it can guarantee he becomes so marketable, interviews Obama, stays at Manchester United for life even though he scores 10 league goals a fucking season and is quite average and would have been gone in the Ferguson era. And that it's kind of just a ploy and not his fault and not something that's done with malice or, or evilness, but that there's a celebration of victimhood in the social media era. And that the Marcus Rashford racism thing, it's nowhere near as relevant as you'd really think because the people who are getting onto him, A, it's the responsibility of the social media companies to close down their fucking accounts, and B, they're losers, Monty. They're losers. Look, if you're going to, if you're going to so get onto Marcus Rashford who's 23 and tweet him, and and say something about him in black, etc. You're you're you've already you 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 signed your own death warrant, as Michael Collins said. You've may as well have tweeted him going, "I am a fucking disgrace," and um, I am attempting a go at racism, not even to feel better about myself, just to wind you up and to to get some notoriety. Yeah. So so okay. So if we go across the other, like we look at Black Lives Matter, right? And some people say. Everyone else is profiting over Black Lives Matter, except for the people who are really being affected, which is like, let's say, the black community. And then you go across the other side of the continent, which is America. Um, they like they have the prison system, they have the jail system, which effectively is some people are saying was similar to when you know America had this sort of slavery system. They got you know black people on crack, on cocaine, on drugs in the eighties and the nineties. And then Bill Clinton ended up saying anyone who's got possession of crack, heavy sentences in prison. And there's, you know, there's there's over two million people in prison right now in America. And some people effectively saying the prison system in America is actually similar to what the slavery system is. And there's corporate companies in America right now that are profiting on punishment. You know, people who are in prison who are in there for long-term sentences, they're doing work for these top corporate companies and this free labour for them, and they are profiting over punishment. My point is the system, that there's a system that every country has, and they try and just reform that system. 
in a different way. So even if you look at Dublin, you look at Ireland. So why didn't the these age- crimes such as drugs, such mm. as violence, are much more prevalent in a community that lacks education and lacks things to do and lacks work opportunities. And the black community, because of slavery, which is fucking disgraceful, and because of inequality, the reason they're in prison is because they are committing more crimes per capita. But the problem is how society is laid up to not give them equal opportunity to escape crime. Bill Clinton at that time said, we have war on drugs. Anyone who has crack possession, even small amount, we're getting, we're getting long-term sentences. And then only recently now, last five years, he just admitted by saying, actually, you know the sentences that we gave out in the 90s? Reviewing the system now, I thought they were a little bit harsh. Mm. This is what they wanted to do. They, they outlined a message. America is, has a war on drugs in the 80s, right? Then their setup next and the next stage was the setup was is now we you know drug drugs are accessible amongst the black community also other communities but any black person has drugs possession on them right we're gonna just a police officer will say grab them long term sentence what do you think the punishment should be for drugs I don't know what the punishment should be I'm just trying to say that capitalism. It's just reformed in different ways. Yeah. And that's an example yeah. of capitalism just reforming over exactly. time. And to make people work for the rich and work for the elite. Yeah. But it happens in other countries where there isn't a brown or white issue or a black and white issue. It happens in Ireland with just white people being the slaves to capitalism. That's what I'm talking about when I say it's not necessarily about skin colour so or I, racism. So, so are you trying to, trying to say that the Irish were helping um, the elite people in England? There would have been a situation in which Irish immigration into this country throughout the 20th century would have been at a working class level in places like Liverpool and Manchester and a lot of coal miners and a lot of people in construction would have had Irish backgrounds. So in a way, yes, they could have been considered in a way that the slaves to capitalism, the slaves to society because they were building the roads, they were dying at work, they were taking the risks, they were inhaling the fucking negative chemicals. So in a roundabout way, yes, it was classism. But it comes back to racism is my point. Why are we getting murky in terms of how does it come back to black and white if we can just accept that, unfortunately, it's a classism problem? It'd be interesting stat to see how many Irish people are in senior management positions um, across sectors in this country. What do you think Ireland is, though? Do you think that's from spending too much time in maybe cricket circles in which they might have a bit of a nose up to, to Ireland as a nation. Like do you, you seem to think that Ireland's a much more backward place than it actually is. No, I don't think Ireland... Have you back- spent much time in Ireland? I spent time in Ireland. And, How much time? And I know, I know through my Irish friends, I still believe that the Irish people who work in England are still under the same bracket of working class and middle class. I, just, I still think it's a glass ceiling for Irish people in this country on senior management positions. There's there's the there's the other type of classism that you talked about, is to do with your behaviour also and the way you dress, the way you're educated, the way your accent sounds, and when you know you could be white and everyone think oh yeah look that's a fine Englishman there and then when they hear your accent it's Irish they're like oh okay uh, he must be a working class person yeah but I think that you're more hyper aware of that level of kind of aristocracy and snobbery because you have played Test cricket. You have walked into functions after a cricket game with your little blazer on and your wickets taken and you've literally seen people who behave the way you've just described. You've seen the top tier of fucking ignorance. You've seen that top tier of delusion that still exists. What is that like when you walk in and you nearly have to 
shake the hand of some 64-year-old fucking Lord's wife who has done fuck all in her life but sit on his pipe for money and give him kids. You've after bowling out fucking Ricky Ponting and they're judging you. Do you ever feel like just picking up the fucking squid platter and throwing it in their fucking face? We don't even get entitled to a squid platter. So we're like, you know, we just get a glass of water and that's it. So when you play in Lures and it's the likes of you and Freddie Flintoff and these good guys who aren't full of shit, and you've after beating one of the world's great nations, who, by the way, England probably own in some roundabout way or have owned in the past. You, you owned all of your opponents at one point as well. That's why you're so fucking hated, you pommy fucks. Owning people and then trying to beat them on cricket. And you finish your game and, you, as I said, you throw in your little kit and you pretend like you're a, an honorary Englishman. What is it like when that bitch is staring at you? Or that dickhead called Charles is staring at you. I actually never met Prince Charles. I met the Queen and I was always told to, you know, be very respectful. You've got to hold your hand out. Did you ever feel like going, go fuck yourself? No, I thought, I thought why can't I give her a high five? Like, I just take a wicket. Yeah. Like, why do I have to, like, shake a hand? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you can't. You, you have to, like... Do you agree with the monarchy? I don't know much about the monarchy. That's the thing. I don't have a lot of knowledge on it. But apparently at Oxford University, one of the, one of the best colleges, there was a picture of the Queen... And they kind of took it down because they thought that the, the painting actually had some sort of connection with the um, sort of, you know, the, 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 the unfortunate, you know, slavery that happened, you know, years ago. And then they go, we don't want we don't want that picture to be up. It is ridiculous, the concept of having a royal family, though. Well, I think it adds it adds to United Kingdom. You can't value, claim that whilst claiming the rest of the shit you've said. Yeah. They are people who are in a position of power based off nothing but being born to a certain family, whose family have immense levels of blood in their hands. Monty, this is what my problem is with people sporting celebrities like yourself, icons who who are semi using your voice for racial matters. So are you going to come out and say the monarchy's bullshit then? This is all so fucking half-assed. Well, You've Rashford accepting an OBE whilst going on about inequality and disparity in income and racism. It doesn't add up. It's one or the fucking other. So it looks like these people are using these mechanisms like racism and like social injustice to still get the same fucking gain as the white scumbags 40 years ago were getting as well. What are you? Just tell us. Are we fucking revolting or not? If, if you got a letter from Prince Charles tomorrow and he said you got an MBE because... I'd say go and fuck yourself. <laughs> what was the story with that tunnel in Paris? Where are you behind it? <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I will say to Prince Charles, I don't know this guy. He's not my friend. Once yeah. you send that letter. So. Yeah. I'm going to lose you as a friend. Whilst claiming these things about racism and, and classism, it doesn't really make sense. Either you're attacking the fucking origins of it or you're not, Monty. This is the problem. I feel like the white man, that being Prince Charles, him being a symbol of kind of white superiority in this bullshit society are using the likes of you and Marcus Rashford to now kind of slowly agree with you and slowly take us into a world where, yes, racism is wrong, yes, there's a huge problem in it, but you're still playing their game. I tell you what well, the big issue is, is during, during the Euros when, you know, in, any teams that, that are going to be taking the knee and the fans are booing, and you kind of think, gosh, like, you know, what is the interpretation of the knee? Even some of the likes of John Barnes and Les Ferdinand said, taking the knee has become a, a fashionable statement. Mm. We are not seeing the transfer from the conversations that we're having in like racial discrimination sort of issues and sporting issues that there's an increase of people in, in, in senior roles. We're not, we're not seeing that. We're just seeing, oh, 
right, there's, you know, there's not that many people in senior management positions or, or, or head coaches, but in but what we, we will bridge the gap by taking the knee, but we're not going to, that number's not increasing. But we're bridging the gap by taking the knee. Why do you think people are booing players for taking the knee? Because some of the fans feel that they, the fans who are watching... They want to keep England white and they want to remain the dominant no, race. Not, no, they're thinking that, oh, they're taking the knee because they're trying to tell the fans that you guys are racist. Yeah. So when you, when you hear people saying that people booing the knee are booing being told not to be racist, do you agree with that? That these fans are going here... I've driven a train all week. Um, I'm paying 80 quid to go and watch football. You're a centre-back. You're not a politician. You're not a fucking graduate of philosophy. You're a centre-fucking-back. Head my balls. Clear my balls. Mark for me on corners. Maybe score one goal in the tournament if you're a defender. If you could score two, it would be legendary. But one would do. Don't fucking tell me how to think. Don't tell me what to believe. And if I'm the everyday fucking taxi driver from London and I see a footballer telling me what to believe politically you know what maybe I'm fucking booing too because that's not his duty that is not his fucking duty who do these guys think they are with the benefits they've been given in the world from their talent and the money they make money they make to play football to kick a ball in the next their touch is better because they're more athletic who the fuck do they think they are talking to the fan like that that's just my question and I think that's what the fans think. The exactly. Way you're, the way, you're, way you p put it across, it doesn't matter what colour of skin you are, that the fan who's paid an £80 ticket is like thinking, I just want to come here and see you perform. Yes. And just do your, you know, your footballing stuff. Yeah. Don't take the knee. And because it's backhanded politics, if we're paying in to see David Bowie or Bob Dylan and they're getting political, we know they are. That's what their art is. We're openly going and we want to hear about fucking feminism or gay rights. You know so what I mean? Do you think but before... these footballers are fucking backhanding you. They're pretending to kick a ball and suddenly they're telling you what to believe politically. It's a fucking disgrace, Monty. No, but do you think at concerts then uh, a singer should take the knee? No, a singer can do what he wants because his art form is layered in politics often. But by kicking a ball and heading a ball, you were a fucking athlete. You're not an artist. You're not a performer. Now, some footballers are artists. Dennis Bergkamp and Eric Cantona would tell me, don't you ever not call us artists again. But you know what I mean. Yeah, but the reason they're taking the knee, right, is because there's not enough people in senior management and coaching positions. And what I'm trying I to say... I don't think that is the, the, the no, direct what, reason they're taking the it knee. It is. That's one of the reasons. And what I feel is that people, like Gareth Southgate making a statement and it sounds all great, but taking the knee, the problem is with you. No, the problem is... End of the month, give me the stats on how... Did, did, did Sol Campbell get a job? Yeah. Give me that stat. No, I agree the, with that. Give me the stat. Have you put in, uh, let's say, a, a, a person from you know a BAME background in a senior management position, right? And then end of the next month, give me another stat. Has yeah. it gone up? I want to see the growth in people. In so why don't they come out in an interview and say it? Well, why are they why are they giving these cryptic Instagram messages or, or posting BLM or fucking taking a knee when they know it's just going to increase their following? Why don't they go on camera next interview and go, where's the black managers at? Because his agent is going, how are you, mate? You're all right. Listen, we've got a huge problem. In South Florida, we've got two black people arrested for petty crimes. We need a post, baby. I'm looking at 800,000 more followers by 9 o'clock. Uh, we need another, another post out. I've got a deal for you from, uh, you know, uh, Paddy Power. There is a 250 on the ground, three-year deal. 
Um, it's 2.5 million. All you've got to do is put 10 posts out on, uh, you know, how you're doing great stuff for, you know, yeah. um, food poverty and all of that. Yeah. You're banking in, mate. We're making, we're cracking here, mate. This is, this is a great campaign. We're, we have just brought in another two mil over the last couple of months. Keep going with it, yeah. mate. We're fucking making a lot of money yeah, at the so moment. Do you, do you agree with language. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. If that is the case, then gosh, what a, what a great business to be in. The guise of social justice, but really it's just a manifestation of capitalism and the white man still benefiting yeah, to just, put more money in their pockets. This is what this is my whole point. Like when I when I interviewed a couple of people on uh, interviewed and, and and they said the Black Lives Matter movement is actually just benefiting other societies and other people in life yeah. who are in position and power. Who'd you interview? Who said that? Right. Um, Did you get Les Ferdinand on? No, Kyle Osborne from Brentford FC and um, the the likes of Nike. He's coming on Monty Meats. Soon. Then we got. When's the Monty Meats dropping? Uh, next week. Monty Meats is Monty Panasar's new podcast, and we'll tell you now: do not fucking listen to Monty Meats. <laughs> all the listeners, all the followers that are on on this podcast, please come over to mine. You know, he hates you. If you want to go for a half an hour run, or you're or you're going for a commute to work, don't listen to LBC or Talk Sport. Listen to Monty Meeks. Nah, I'd say where stay sports here. Stars are here. I will be interviewing the finest sports Brentford stars. Brentford FC. Did you just say there? Well, you're you're I wouldn't on. Take them. Yeah, wouldn't take them. Listen, the first one I, I got, love him on here. Who was he? Carl Osborne. The first thing I never sat, heard of him. Listen, I sat here right, and I said, "Oh, listen, when we start the podcast, you, the first thing you asked me, can I be on your podcast?" I was like, "No, no, no." Oh, no. mate, steady on, man. No, no, no. Steady on. Never have Monty. There, there, there's a VIP list you got to go through. Monty mate. said to me, "You know what? I got some big names. We, we got to vet some people before you get on." There, he said, I, "I have some big names, but I'd love to have you on down the line." I said, "Monty, we'll see what we can do." I've, I've, we're, we're talking Stevie Van Zandt. Jake Bug was playing tunes last time we were here. Fucking car. Bro, who else is on this thing? Um, I, look, it's cricketers at the moment. Who else you got? It's cricketers at the moment. And then I'll, I will expand to celebrities. Fucking actors. Bob Wilmer, is it? No, I'm trying to get hold of Donald Trump, but he's <laughs> apparently been banned on Facebook for the next two years. So I'm going to try and get hold of his advisor and, and ask him this question. First question I'm going to ask him, what does it feel like not tweeting every morning? Do you ever think of uh, moving to India because you're such a big name there? Like, you'd be sitting in the castle getting fed grapes by some Bollywood hooers. Yeah, the first day will be great, and the second day will be like, listen, I can't do this. I'm a normal, you know, guy who works hard and gets through life, and, uh, you know, that's what I believe in. I'm setting up a bowling team, the testicular chancers, and I'm looking for, it's a four-man team, but I'm looking for a floating fifth shirt that could be worn by a variety of people. I want you to play week one. I think we could use your celebrity status on the alleys. I think it'll be weird. And here comes one of the greatest spinners of all time is Monty Panasar, and he's kind of sitting there. I need the weirdness of it, do you know what I mean? I think the testicular chancers would be unbeatable. If you were yeah, playing. I know. This, this, this is the whole point of the weirdness of it. It's like, you don't know. I get up every morning, you don't, you don't know what colour the rainbow you'll get from me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Monty Panasar, pleasure talking to you as always. Appreciate you coming on the, the MA show. Thank you very much. I always love coming on to this show. I know I have great Irish friends and the love for me in Ireland is immense and all over the world. One thing you must remember, when Monty Meats come out, switch over. You should call it Monty's Mental. It's Monty Meats. Uh, yeah, I don't, we should maybe switch. If you're looking for the two M's, Monty's Mental would be a great name. <laughs> Monty Panasar, great having you on. MA show. Thank you. <laughs> it's been how many years, my oh, boy? Audio books, David. You still don't know my chairs of joy. 
No need to go, just take it slow. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine. What's it helps? Makes me see the light. What about those tears? Believe my eyes. How's it make you feel? Makes me 